This is Hope to Recharge. I'm Atana. I'm here to guide you and support you through your challenging times navigating through depression, anxiety, and other mental health struggles. Hello, everyone. My sister taught me this good insight. She said that we should be asking, how are you doing today? Not in general, how are you doing? But how are you doing today? I'm going to take it for a little bit further and say, How are you doing this moment? How are you doing this moment? Often we go through life, we're so busy running from one thing to another that we forget to ask ourselves, how am I doing at this moment? What's going on inside me? This moment and next moment can change. And often when we're going through something like what the world is going through, chaos, pain, hate, love, confusion, anger, resentment, our emotions are all over the place. And we can ask ourselves, how are you doing at this moment? And what I like asking myself is also, what do you need at this moment? Sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed, we don't know what we need. We really don't know what we need. So getting a few moments of silent silence and asking ourselves, what do I need at this moment? And sometimes we can give it to ourselves and sometimes we need to ask it for someone else. I don't know if you received my um, newsletter that we sent out this week. Haven't been sending out newsletters for a while and I haven't been podcasting for a while. It's been too difficult for me to turn on the mic. I was just reaching out to somebody that we're going to have on the show. And I said, I had a hard time turning on the mic. Every time I turned on the mic, I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. How are you today? I think I'm ready to speak. I think I'm ready to turn on the mic. I think I'm ready to say a few things that I'm feeling at the moment with what's going on in Israel. Many of you know we were there for the holiday. And on October 7th, we woke up to the sirens in Jerusalem. I thought it was a car alarm that kept on going off. Haven't been to Israel in a war for a while. And I wasn't, I didn't know that that was a siren. And after... A number of times of it going off, I went to my cousin that was staying by my parents. My parents were away and I was confused why there was no one outside. There was no one in the street and it was a holiday. It was empty. And then I saw people running to the bomb shelters. I waited till we were in the clear. We heard some bombs, like the big explosions. I must say I I was terrified because I didn't know what was happening and my kids were in the other house. And I'm like, oh my God, my kids are sleeping during a war. I better run over and I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to do. I wasn't prepped for this. Thank God for neighbors. Thank God for communities. Right away, we found out what we're supposed to do and we spent majority of October 7th in and out of the bomb shelters. This was my first, my kids' first introduction to war. I grew up with a father that went to the army. We grew up in war. I used to take my a bus to school on the days of Ashaf, um, terrorism constantly on buses at the time. And I remember, I think it was in third or fourth grade, I used to come to school the first one before the janitor. People made fun of me that I came to school so early. And I remember coming in to the yard of the school and in big letters, it said Ashaf. At the time, I didn't even know what it meant. Meant, And then they called the security guard and it was basically a hate 
spray on the big wall of a Orthodox school in the middle of Masharim. At the time, I was so young, I didn't even know what to be afraid of. I just knew that we need to be cautious of bombs, of things that don't look like they belong where they belong. We were, it was called a chafetz chashud. If you're Israeli, you know what that is. It's a foreign object that can be suspicious, a suspicious object. And very often buses and traffic would be stopped in order to bring the, the bomb squad to see if it's a bomb or not. I'm thinking back, now that I took my kids into the bomb shelter, I was thinking back, wow, what a life to live. This is how we grew up. And this is how people live like in Israel, misplaced constantly from their home because they are in, they're in the middle of a war, constantly. Now it's a major war, but people in the South, people in the um, North, they often get missiles. During the Gulf War, I went to my aunt that lived up North. She lived in Kiryat Shmona. It was right near the border. And people were very alert about going and putting on their gas mask if there was a siren. And her husband was a chaplain in the army. And after her staying by us in Jerusalem for a few weeks, I went with her to her home up north. And in the middle of the night, we were hearing a lot of bombing. And I remember her looking over to me and she's like, it's okay. That's just, it's just um, thunder. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of thunder. I was so young. I was so young. And I was naive. And a few months later, she was, we were, after the Gulf War was over, she was sharing with me that she was hoping that I won't be scared. And she wanted me to go back to sleep at two or three o'clock in the morning. Until today, we joke about it in a crazy way of saying, do you remember those thunders? And it was hundreds of rockets that were fired towards Kiryat And that's the way they lived. That's the way they live there or in the South. Thousands of families are, are, are misplaced now and have to live by strangers or going from place to place to place without structure for their family because they had to run away to stay alive. And the disaster, the disasters that happen on October 7th are unfathomable. My kids make fun of me in a way that I don't watch the news. Since 2007, I gave up cable TV in my house. I was trying to recover and I realized that the news is in, is inducing my anxiety. So I don't watch the news. I used to be a ju- news junkie and now I don't watch the news. I don't watch um, clips that go around on social media. I follow some people that I respect and admire. I follow them on Instagram or Facebook or their email list. I'm very specific on who I follow and what I read. And that's how I keep my mental health. Now, my kids think that I live in a bubble because I don't know what's going around me, going on around me. My daughter, my older daughter, the first week of the war in Israel, she looked at me and she says, I need to cancel my social media. I can't take the brutality. I can't take seeing the brutality. There was like mixed emotions at the same time. And I said, wow, am I living in denial and I'm not holding space for the incredible tragedy, the unfathomable tragedy that happened and brutality that happened on October 7th. And I was proud of her that she was protecting her mental health and we need to protect our mental health now. We must protect our mental health because so much of our emotions are high 
we're in fear, we're in sadness, we're in grief, we're in anger, we're in love, we're in all these emotions. We're in unity, we're in hope, there's hopelessness, it's both of them, they coexist constantly. And part of me was saying, is is me not choosing not to watch these horrific videos, horrific horror movies of what happened that day? Is that denial? Is that taking away together we are in the pain in in the struggle i i don't know i don't know what the answer is and since for many many years i protected myself from the news and and social media drama and i choose very carefully i decided that i'm not going to go back on the news and i'm not going to watch these horror videos i must say some people that are watching it i'm in awe of them because they're not watching just in order to be the nosy body but they're watching because they want to hold space and they want to make sure it doesn't happen again and they want to understand how evil exists and how this can't happen again and what can we do as jews to protect ourselves and to educate the world that i are highly miseducated. So I feel like there's so many different ways of showing up now. And it's okay to show up whatever you are today and whatever you can. What's not okay, and I'm going to say this out loud, what's not okay is giving permission for brutality or justifying it or giving reasons why the, why hate is okay. It's not okay. It's never okay. It's never okay. And what is scary that's going on now is that so many ignorant people, ignorant people are justifying what happened by not knowing history, by not educating themselves, and by giving permission to terrorism. This is how Holocausts happen. This is how we divide humanity. And I personally decided that anyone that is going to speak ignorance, I'm going to unfollow them just because it's too painful for me. I cannot listen or tolerate right now any ignorance. And it's okay to not know, but educate yourself. And I find that there are a lot of different people speaking, people that just want to get the publicity out there for for their agenda, and some people that really want to educate. But I was having a hard time with my new podcast, Listening to Understand, because I found myself not wanting to listen to people that are, in my heart, are so pro-violence. And I was questioning myself. I'm like, wait, you're starting this whole movement of listening to understand. And I, Matana, cannot listen to those that are full of hate or full of lies. And I took a step back and I'm like, wow, it's really hard to listen when it's what we believe is not true. So at this moment, I'm just pausing and educating myself. I bought books about our history. I'm reaching out to people that know history much better than I do and teach this for a while. And I wanted to educate myself.
Do you sometimes feel stuck? Do you wish you can be somewhere else? Do you have a vision of where you want to get to, but you just don't know what the first step to take in order to get to that life that you're dreaming of? How did I shift from deep depression, from extreme anxiety to a thriving life, to a productive life, to a life full of joy? I put many things into practice and it's every single day. Many of you know that it's gratitude, a healthy mindset, boundaries, self-love, and one of the most important things that many people don't speak about, self-forgiveness and forgiveness to others. Essential for healing. If you want to work one-on-one with me on these topics in order to move forward towards that dream life that you have a vision of, click the link below in the show notes. It's a custom-made program for you, one-on-one with me. We will develop a concrete program that you can implement in your life so you can create a better well-being. Click the link below. Looking forward to working with you. I'm giving myself permission to be on and off. I post on Facebook and Instagram my thoughts, a lot of pain, a lot of hope, a lot of unity that I see, people supporting people, which is so beautiful. But what is scary for me is some Jewish people that are promoting hate within Judaism and promoting anti-Semitism. And for a while, I've been thinking now, wow, is this what my grandfather from Poland was going through when he ran away from anti-Semitism? Is this what was going on there? Is this how major holocausts start? I must say this out loud that Gabor Mate, somebody that I highly respect for his work that he does with trauma and his son Daniel and his, I think his daughter's Hannah, I'm in absolute shock and pain from the way they're speaking about the war. I needed to unfollow them. And I think I have a responsibility to say out loud as a Jew that what they're doing is 100% not okay. And they are promoting anti-Semitism. They are promoting hate. As much as they are doing it in a soft way, it's painful to read. It's painful to listen. I needed to unfollow them. And I feel as somebody that has a voice, and has a platform, I must say that it's people like this that we need to protect ourselves, our mind, our our hearts from, and to educate people that are following them that it's not okay. It's not okay. I reached out to both of them to see if they're willing to have a conversation. And they peacefully denied and they say, that, thank you, but we know history and this is the stand we're going to take. So they're not listening to understand and they're not, lis- they're, they're not interested in listening to somebody that lives in Israel, lived in Israel. How about speak to an Israeli from the South? How about speak to a general from the army? How about speak to somebody that is going through the war right now and lives in the th- South and knows history a little bit better than somebody from Canada or Brooklyn because they live it? Or how about from those from the massacre that went on, people, family members from the massacre? but they're not willing to listen and they don't want to understand a different way. They have an agenda and it could be that it's coming from the fact that he was in the Holocaust and I can't even fathom somebody from the Holocaust speaking this way, but there are many Jews, unfortunately, that are promoting anti-Semitism and we cannot stand for that. We cannot stand for that. I was just at Paul Cummings' retreat last week. It was just on time for me. I didn't think I'm going to make it. And Ari, last minute, bought me a flight to be able to make it to the retreat. And it was just what I needed. It was all about hope, resilience, 
not giving up even when all the odds are against you, not giving up. The amount of support I got from non-Jews at that event was mind-boggling. How many people came over and said, we're praying for you, we're praying for your family, we're praying for Israel. It was heartwarming. Paul Cummings called me, texted me many times a day from America to Israel when I was in Israel to check that I'm okay. Every time a bomb went off, a siren went off, that there were rockets going off, he texted me, are you okay? Tell me you're okay. We're praying for you. I'm, I'm praying for you. When I was at the airport trying to get on a flight, we were there for hours. And he's like, we're praying for you. You're going to be okay. I, I've said this before that I feel very guilty that I left Israel, very guilty that I left during war. My oldest daughter decided to stay there for her gap year. And I'm so proud of her. And I'm so grateful to her seminary MMY that's doing a phenomenal job supporting her, supporting the girls, motivating them, still learning every single day, still giving to the community, helping the families that their parents are in the army, helping community members. It's just heartwarming to see the outpouring of love. My point is that it was so beautiful to see how people really show love and it I needed it. I needed that hope and love. I needed to see that there was still tremendous amount of kindness coming for the Jews. And within the Jews and non-Jews are saying, never again, we're not going to have the Holocaust again, and we're not going to be okay with this. We're not going to be okay with this because it's not okay. And we're going to scream and we're going to rant and we're going to, and we're going to repeat ourselves and we're going to block ourselves from any negativity that's coming from ignorant people or evil or misunderstood people. I know that there's always two sides to every story and maybe there's even seven sides to a story, but there just has to be a way of understanding life that coming in the middle of the night and murdering and torturing innocent people for no reason but hate. Hamas's mission is to to annihilate the Jewish nation. That's her statement. We just want to murder just for the sake of murdering you guys. We just want to kill you all. So we must stand up for this. Now, for the mental health community, because this is a mental health podcast, we must protect our individuality. We must protect who we are on our day-to-day lives. If we are parents, if we are brothers and sisters, if we are leaders, if we are organizations, we must protect ourselves and show our community and our children and our surrounding that we're not going to let the world take over our mental health. And I do believe that some of this war is against our mental health. They want to bring us down. They want to make us crazy. They want to affect us. And we're not going to let it. And how do we do, how do we protect ourselves? We protect ourselves with community members that can support us, one another. We protect ourselves with boundaries. We protect ourselves with education. We protect ourselves with love and giving and kindness. And as you all know, we protect ourselves with gratitude. It's very hard to be grateful when you see brutal, brutal acts in the world. It's very hard to activate that emotion. But we do have permission to be grateful even in times like this. Edith Edgar speaks about it in her book, The Gift, how we have a choice to be miserable or to choose to see what is working at this time, to see the unity in Israel, to see the kindness, to see the giving. Let's be grateful for that and grieve at the same time. Grieve at the same time. They can coexist.
Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? Maybe it's anxiety or stress. BetterHelp.com will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online with a broad range of expertise available depending on what you need and the services available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send messages to your counselor. BetterHelp.com is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easy and free to change your counselors if you need to. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp.com wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash hope to recharge. That's BetterHelp com slash hope to recharge and join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You'll also get 10% off your first month. Once again, that's betterhelp.com slash hope to recharge. Let's not forget that there's kindness and there's love and there's unity and there's connection and there's so much good. There's so much good from everywhere that's coming outpouring now. We are seeing a tremendous amount of love in Israel. And there was such diversity in Israel and to see the unity and how can we keep it going? How can we keep this unity going? How can we keep, I'm going to accept you even though you are different than me. I'm going to see you even though you are different than me. And when I say different doesn't mean I'm not talking about the people that are hateful. No, I'm talking about the people that are just acting, coming into the world in a different perspective. And how can I accept them as individuals, even though they might not see eye to eye to me. How do we keep that unity? How do we support one another, even though we have different outlooks in life? Again, we're not talking the extreme outlooks of hate versus love. I'm talking about humans. It's very hard to call Hamas human, very hard to call them human. And my heart aches for those that support people that are so evil. Because somebody that can support evil Something is broken in them and they really need healing. But we all need healing, right? We all need healing. So how can we focus on what is working at the same time, hold space and empathy and sympathy, not denial, not escaping, hold tremendous amount of empathy and sympathy for all the pain that's going on in the world and asking, what can I do? Is it education? Is it helping people around me? Even if I'm not in Israel, so many people reached out to me. So many people reached out to me over the past few weeks, over and over. People that I don't even know. People from this podcast. Thank you. People from organizations that I've been a part of or community members that maybe saw me speaking somewhere or they know of who I am or from Facebook or from Build Your Life Resume. So many people from Jesse Itzler's community reached out to me during um, the first week, especially uh, the first week of the war. Are you okay? Are you okay? Is there anything we could do? So many people donated. People that I don't even know, people that I don't even know reached out to me and said, how can I help? I live in Iowa. I live in Texas. I live in California. I live in, there was somebody from South Africa. There was somebody from Australia. There's so many people, Jews and non-Jews, many, many non-Jews, which was like, wow, this is so special that you see me, that you see us. And they kept on checking in. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. Most beautiful thing. Most beautiful thing. Thank you to all these people. There must have been hundreds, really, that reached out and constantly re reaching out. How's your family? How's your daughter in Israel? How are you? It was something so remarkable to see the outpouring of love and care and empathy and sympathy from people that I have never met 
some people that I've never spoken to before. This is the beauty that comes out of adversity. And we have to hold on to it for times that are not only challenging times. Let's be like this also not during challenging times. Let's care about one another. Let's show empathy and kindness, even not in extreme challenging time. I know there's a lot of my mind and I had a very hard time turning on the mic. I find myself when I try to go to sleep, I it's hard for me. It's hard for me to disconnect and to say, I'm so lucky to get to go to sleep in my bed. And there are hundreds of thousands of soldiers that haven't seen their family members in a few weeks, haven't been sleeping in a normal bed or haven't sleeping at all, eating the bare minimum or just the basic things. Just think about a shower, going to the bathroom, um, sleeping without interrupted sleep. We are so lucky that we get to sleep in our bed. And so many people don't get to sleep in their bed and let alone the families that lost loved ones or don't know where the loved ones are. I know someone that's waiting to hear if their family member was murdered or kidnapped. They don't know yet. And then somebody is waiting to find the body of their child that was murdered or a mother that's waiting to see her two daughters that were kidnapped. How horrific how horrific. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry during the day. It's okay to take grieving moments. It's okay to not show up 100% or even 50%. It's okay to have all the radical emotions. It's radical emotions. And it's okay. As Tal Ben-Shahar says, permission to be human is being put to the test big time now. We are feeling all the emotions, all of them together. I want to suggest that this time we have to put out the dark. I know it sounds cliche to put out the dark with light, but we really need to do this. Instead of highlighting all the hate, let's increase the love and kindness, even if it's not to people in Israel, even if it's for our loved ones in America, even if it's for our somebody that doesn't even know about the war. Increase kindness. The energy flows. Increase love. Increase understanding. Increase empathy. Lend a hand. Lend a heart. Lend an ear. What can we do? When we feel so hopeless because we're not in, on the front line, we're far away. Some of us, some of us are closer, some of us are further. What can we do to increase the love and connection of humanity? How can I be kind to somebody? How can I support somebody? How can I show up for someone? And it could start in our home with our loved ones that live in our house, our kids, our spouses, our parents, our brothers and sisters, cousins, maybe if we're a teacher, maybe to our students, if we're a leader to our community. How can we increase the vibration of love and kindness in the world instead of increasing the hate? What could we do? What could we do? And by us increasing the love the kindness, the empathy, the sympathy, we are increasing the positive energy. This is what we need in the world. This is what we need in the world right now. And protect yourself from bringing in people that are misled and are increasing hate. Block yourself from them. What we surround ourselves with is what we will become. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with growth-oriented people, with Love. There's so many videos that are coming out from the army in Israel of soldiers that are laughing and giving and singing and praying, and they're full of high vibration. And you know why? Because they know when they're in a high vibration, they're going to perform better and they're going to encourage the people around them to perform better and they're going to encourage us to pray more for them. So, what 
we are affects the people around us. Let's choose love. Let's choose light. Let's choose connection. Let's choose to see the good. And I'm talking to myself 100% here. When I say let's, I'm talking to myself to see the good, to see the good, not to highlight the negative, highlight the good, highlight the positive. Try to find the grateful moments because it's mental health. It really helps our mental health. And if you can't feel grateful, that's okay. But at moments that you want to choose love and connection, you can tap into gratitude. Gratitude is an oxygen mask at a time that we're feeling so anxious. So we can tap into it. We could if we want to, if that's where we want to be. Some people reach out to me and say, I'm feeling very bad feeling grateful now. And we went into it. And sometimes it's really not the right time because there's a time and place for everything. But does that mean that we should not be grateful at all for things that are working for us, for the love that is going on in the world? It's okay to feel grateful. It's okay to feel all the emotions. As Talb and Shahar, I'm going to say it again, permission to be human works both ways. Permission to be human works both ways. It means that we can also feel the negative, not fun emotions during good times. And we can also feel positive emotions, hopeful, hopefulness, gratitude during difficult times. I remember one of the students asked in Happiness Studies Academy, asked of a few months ago if she she was her husband was fighting the war in the war in Ukraine. And she was saying that after a few months the anxiety from her husband fighting the war was affecting her. And she's like, Am I allowed to be happy and work on my positive thinking because I want to be positive and I want to see the good? Am I allowed to? And Tal said, you're allowed to do whatever you want at that moment for yourself because that's permission to be human because we are human. We're not meant to be all or nothing. And it was such a beautiful thought that even during grief and anger and resentment, we can feel grateful even if we choose. If we choose, it's where we are, where we have to check in with ourselves. So I'm coming full circle. Ask ourselves, how am I doing right now? What do I need right now? And our needs will shift and change and that's okay. If you want to do an act of kindness, reach out to somebody and just check in on them. Just check in on them and see how they're doing with this war, with the uncertainty, with the fear. Do they have family members in Israel? Are they in Israel? Do they have maybe a history of wars in their family somewhere else. Let's raise the vibration of kindness. <sighs> thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and thank you for being patient. And I'm sorry it took me so long to publish an episode. I just was not ready to turn on the mic. Hopefully next week we're going to be speaking to a therapist that lives in Israel and maybe she'll give us some tips on how to balance our emotions through anxiety and fear. Write to us and tell us how you're doing. What came up for you the last few weeks? What are your thoughts? We're here to listen. We're here to hopefully have healthy conversations. And we're here to spread love and kindness. Bye till next time. Looking to reduce your anxiety and stress, relax your muscles, or get a better night's sleep? Check out Maxifies.com, 100% legal hemp, where you can find doctor-formulated, lab-certified, high-quality CBD oils, tinctures, and other items, cultivated, grown, harvested, and packaged in the United States, and available in different sizes and strength formulas. Check out Maxifies.com, that's M-A-X-I-F-Y-Z.com, and use coupon code HOPE to get 10% off your order, plus free shipping. That's Maxifies.com.